Welcome to the KO Show brought to you by the 1970 Club. Uh, this is Mark Usden, along with my co-host uh, Kevion Nolan and Omar Payne. Guys, you had a big uh, road trip, that you, a couple of road trips actually, copper season has started. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, first, uh, you start off uh, the conference season with Florida Gulf Coast down there. Uh, you played very well uh, in the first half and, and extendedly in the second half. Um, what do you think, as you evaluated the performance in that game, obviously they, they played very well at the end of the game and overtook you. Uh, how did y'all evaluate uh, how you played and and what maybe you could have done to preserve that uh, that win, having been in a pretty good position? Um, it really just going back to staying even-keeled throughout the whole game. Just not really... Like we learning from that to not really, you know, get too high or get too too low during the game throughout the game because you know game it's a game of runs. Basketball is a game of runs, so um, just learn to we need to maintain the same focus and and be locked in for the entire forty minutes, not just for the thirty minutes we that we were like we were really good for twenty five to thirty minutes, but it's conference play, so you got to be able to stay locked for forty minutes, and that's the been the biggest thing we've been trying to get to. And how did you feel about that game, Omar? Did you feel like uh, it got away from you when you guys were in a pretty good position? Oh uh, Yeah, I did. Um, like Kay said, as the game runs, I just feel like more. We just got to do more of a team, just locking in together and, you know, just keep pushing each other to just don't let – like he said, don't get too high, don't get too low, but just keep each other in check. So you come home, you play Jacksonville State, um, obviously a different team, and, and we'll talk about some of the differences – uh, Kevion, that you've obser- observed with uh, how teams were last year as far as personnel and how they've changed quite a bit this year. So the Jacksonville State team was a very different team than the one you faced last year twice. Um, and you locked in defensively, uh, really made it hard for them to run their offense. And and uh, so I felt like uh, that was probably one of your better games defensively. Did a great job on them. Uh, you had the home crowd. Uh and tell me about what it was like in the Jacksonville State game to come home and have the home crowd to lift you guys up. Um, the home crowd is always big for us just because, you know, we're switch is small, but it, it gets loud at times. So we're able to really feed off that energy. And uh, we always want to protect home. So that was big to get that win against JSU. And uh, then a tough uh, a road trip to, uh, to Stetson, a team that you had – quite frankly, uh, beaten pretty good at Stetson last year. Um, and uh, a slow start mm-hmm. uh, from you guys. And for really the first time, uh, your, your def- they took advantage of your defense. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was probably the weakest of, of the performances on the defensive end. What do you think happened defensively, other than them shooting the lights out of the basketball, which they surely did? Yeah. But what did you feel like happened defensively in the Stetson game? Um, they made a lot of shots, but I, we went back after that game. We were we watched film, and even as a team, we just kind of felt like we didn't have the the urgency that we normally have. Just like you know, just the energy that we needed to have defensively, and they, they, those guys were good enough to capitalize on on us not not doing our rotations the right way, or just talking, or just bringing energy. So, and we dug ourselves in such a deep hole in the first half. Once we picked it up in the second half, it kind of got too late. So that was just like I said, even with the Florida Gulf Coast game, we've just been learning to put together a full 40 minutes and not playing in spurts and really just trying to dominate through, throughout the whole game. And the, then you come home and, 
and you have a, a once again an opportunity to play in front of a home crowd. And this time the students are back, so right. there's swishers even louder than usual. And uh, you come out against Lipscomb, and defensively you we played well. You picked it up as you had wanted to do in the first half uh, in the previous game against Stetson, but uh, offensively you were sort of in a rut. Um, so tell me about halftime of that game. You play, you kept it at least within striking distance. But offensively, you have not played well in that game. Right. So tell me what happens at halftime. How did you make the adjustment to uh, be much more successful on the offensive end of the court? Uh, I feel like going into halftime, it was just a mental thing for us to just let us know that, you know, well, like we were doing fine. We did what we wanted to do defensively, like shots weren't falling. We weren't executing a little bit on the offensive end, just running plays, not being as patient. So it, those little things were just small things to fix, uh, quick adjustments. But for the most part, we felt like we still had our defensive intensity and things like that that kept us in the game in, in the first place. So the second half adjustment was just to slow down, play our pace, you know, push when we want to push and just kind of execute our plays. So once that happened, uh, we were able to make that run in the first, like the first couple of minutes in that second half. It was a big run for us. So it was Big win. Omar, um, inside, you had a challenge in that game. Um, uh, there's there's several big men that can play in the league. They're not all 6'10", 6'11", some are 6'8", but there's plenty of challenges for you inside. Mm-hmm. Tell me about um, your adjustments uh, coming in, coming out the second half uh, against um, Asajula, the big big kid from uh, Lipscomb. What um, adjustments did you make? Just defensively, just make it hard for him in the post, just make it hard for him to catch, and then... He's a really good passer. Just try to, you know, use my hands, uh, get my hand in front of the ball, just try to make it harder for him to play. And you did a great job of, of, of that uh, during that game. Uh, so you've got uh, upcoming a road trip. You've got a two-game road trip. You've had a couple of those before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is in conference, and you start out at Kennesaw State. Uh, Omar, I know you haven't played against Kennesaw State, but uh, Kevion has played, I think, four – the one team you've probably played four games against right. uh, because that's when you came back your your junior year or sophomore year, I guess, mm-hmm. and uh, your first year at JU mm-hmm. and played very well after having been injured all of December in that, in that particular season. So tell me about uh, how you evaluate Kennesaw State, a uh, team you're familiar with. What do you what do you expect when you go up to Atlanta? Um, Kennesaw is a, you know, they've been together for a while. So that same core of five, six players, they've kind of got a lot of experience together. And, um, they're going up there. We just expecting a a tough fight. Of course, they're going to want to protect their home court. And, um, it should be a good game. They're, they're a physical team. They're a well coached team. So, um, we're looking forward to going up there and and getting that road victory. And you played, uh, as you said, you're familiar with their, with their personnel. Um, and they've they've given you a hard time. They they played every game close. You played it. You know, they've won one. Mm-hmm. They've lost a couple uh, that that first year you had. Then right. last year you split. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it that? Uh, what do you think they do well that you have to take away from them? Um, they all shoot the ball pretty well. So they have multiple guys that all make shots, and then defensively they're just always flying around. So that kind of makes it tough for them. So just tough going against them. So we just have to slow down, execute, run our stuff. And then defensively, we know if we just bring the intensity that we need to bring and be locked in, we'll be able to do what we need to do as far as running their shoes off the line and handling business. 
Well, we'll see how that goes with the road trip, and then you'll you'll finish up at Jacksonville State, and yeah. uh, that is a, a little bit of a homecoming for you, isn't it, Kevion? Yeah, it's always a homecoming going back to GSU. It's like 10 minutes away from my house. 10 minutes from Aniston? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And uh, once again, a rematch. You guys locked in on them defensively. Have to do that again, Omar, uh, when you go up to uh, to play them at Jacksonville State. Yes. Uh, we'll be back uh, with segment two, and we're going to talk about some a little bit of non-basketball or uh, uh, some, some goals that have been achieved and some of the um, different things that apply to these two players. Uh, we'll be right back. We're going to start uh, back with segment two of the uh, KO show. And, uh, Kevion, the uh, Lipscomb game was a – uh, an opportunity for you to achieve a, a obviously a, a goal and a quite a quite an accomplishment. Uh, you scored your one thousandth point in that game. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that something you were aware of going into the game? Uh, no, I, I actually didn't know. I had no clue of where I was on the thousand point thing. So yeah. uh, once they said it after I made the shot at the like the next day of ball, that was my first time like even knowing that I was that close or even got it. So um, yeah, it was a big accomplishment, you know. That's always been, you know, one of those things as a kid you may want to do, may have check off the list. So uh, that was big, but uh, I'm not too too high on it yet, you know. You're not a guy who necessarily follows all the numbers and yeah, your stats. Right. Um, Omar, uh, there was a play that uh, JU fans uh, will remember for a long time and, and hopefully see it many, many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, a quick series. happened in five seconds. Uh, they had a guy that tried to post up. They posted up a lot with some of the guards and smaller players in that game. Yes. And they had one kid that posted up. You came off your man, blocked the shot, and then ran the court mm. like nobody's business and got a a, a little uh, pass for the alley-oop, one-handed dunk. Usually you like to grab that with two. Mm. I assume that, that was one hand was the only opportunity you had to, yes. to jam that back in. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> And uh, as far as running the court, tell me about your philosophy and what you think about in terms of when you make a play on the defensive end and the ball is going the other way, do you concentrate on running as hard as you can? Is that something that, that you've developed in your in your career? Uh, yeah, that's something I developed, but I just uh, like kind of what you said, my philosophy where like I know when I block a shot, most people, the opposing team, they're really usually staring at the ball. So if I know one of my teammates get it, if I get down the floor, like everybody's still staring at the ball. So that's my opportunity, you know, to probably get a fast break dunk or opportunity to score the ball. So when you do block a shot and and there's a an opportunity, well, obviously you got to make sure you've got possession. Yeah, yeah. So you saw you had simultaneously you saw your teammate had possession mm-hmm. and then it was all take off full speed for the under end of the court. Yes. And that's something you do instinctually. Yes. Um, Lipscomb game, a little bit uh, in the, the uh, previous game down at Stetson, but just a limited number of minutes. Mike Marsh mm-hmm. came off the bench, got in the game, and likewise in this game got some more minutes. Mm-hmm. Tell me, uh, first, Kevion, tell me what Mike's um, availability in the lineup and ability to play means to, to you and to the team. Uh, Mike is just another, you know, big Big force to add to, you know, Omar Payne and, and Osa. So um, he really just completes his, like, not even just with him being big as far as in the stat sheet, but he's another guy that's kind of vocal for us and, and brings another, like, level of intensity. So 
to have him back on on the court is huge because you can you can kind of feel his his presence right away. So it's been big to have Mike back. And it's uh, and how about you? Omar? He's he's your teammate and a fellow mm-hmm. uh, post player. Tell me about having Mike in there at least to give you some extra minutes. Yeah, I mean he comes in. He's a brute force too, so he comes in, changes the game, changes the energy, and I know he's he's a different perspective, like a different big, you know, because I feel like we got every type of big on the team, so he brings another difference to the game. And he's playing. Uh, obviously, he's playing with injuries. He's constantly rubbing that left uh, shoulder. It almost looked like a couple of maybe some of the uh, opposition may know he's got that problem and sort of giving him some physicality to aggravate his left shoulder. That that appeared in both the Stetson and Lipscomb games. But tell me about the fact he's playing with pain. Does that do you feel like uh, even with him that he's able to manage that well enough to still be a really positive force? Yeah, that just really speaks volume on just the type of guy Mike is. Like Mike is just. Like he's super tough, so um, you know, like we make everybody's making sure that you know he's still not hurting to the point where he can't play. But it's just him playing through certain times of being pain, even though he's kind of he's really much healed. It hurts every now and then. He just you know he fights through that. So that just speaks speaks on what type of guy he is. Just wanting to be there, and, and yeah. that's part of being a, a college athlete, a Division One college basketball player. Yeah. is to is there's a certain degree of pain. And discomfort that if as long as you can't do damage to that part of the body, mm-hmm. you have to continue to play, uh to to perform even though you're not a hundred percent feeling perfect. Is that and Omar, you've obviously been through that. You've been been through that with the uh, with the ankle this year. Yes. So tell me how do you how do you deal with uh, an injury that's healed but it's still giving you problems? Do you just fight through the pain, or how do you mm-hmm. how do you with that. Yeah, I feel like in the beginning you got to fight through the pain and over time that's, that's something you just get used to. Even though you might not think it's good, but it might not be that bad if you fight through it. And then to the adrenaline in the game, like you probably won't feel nothing if you're really locked in. Right. And uh, some one of the things that Mike has to do is use a, a brace. I'm mm-hmm. sure he doesn't want to do that. Have you ever had to use any any kind of uh, additional equipment because of an injury? A goggles? You ever had an eye injury or anything like that? You, either of you guys have have you ever had to deal with injury where you had to wear something that wasn't part of your uniform? Yeah, I have. So, like, me with my knee injuries, I yeah. had to wear, like, knee, knee braces, knee sleeves, and things like that. So, it's not – it's a little uncomfortable at first sometimes because it's, just like, it's there to kind of protect you, not to give you so much movement and to keep everything tight. So, it gets annoying at times, but, like, from practicing with it and playing with it so much, you kind of get used to it because you realize, you know, it helps in the long run. All right, gentlemen, we're going to take a break, come back with segment three, and we're going to welcome one of your teammates, Jordan Davis, uh, to the the show and find out a little bit about Jordan and his whole history and his career. And by the way, uh, Kevion, Jordan's got about 260 more points than you. I just checked the stats uh, career-wise. So you're going to have to really score. uh, I don't think think I'm going to be able to catch him. No, No, I don't think so either. We'll be right back. Uh, we're back with uh, segment three of the KO show, and we welcome to the show Jordan Davis, uh, 6'3", graduate at Jacksonville University. Uh, one of the has been a starter ever since day one at JU, and been a starter most of his uh, five years as a uh, as a student athlete. First at Dayton, and then uh, at Middle Tennessee, and then JU. But let's talk about that 
that journey, uh, Jordan, from beginning in high school in South Carolina. Tell me about your recruitment. Tell me how you selected Dayton and take me all the way through your arrival at JU. Um, yeah, so first, um, one of my coaches from uh, AAU, he knew um, one of the coaches at uh, Dayton. So that's how that came about. And um, just started a relationship there. And um, so I chose uh, Dayton. And uh, I played there for two years. Uh, had great times, great memories. And uh, then I transferred to uh, Middle Tennessee. And um, I knew one of the assistant coaches there from uh, VCU. So I chose Middle Tennessee. I set out one year. I played uh, the next year there. And then uh, after that, I came to uh, JU. And I knew Coach Deloach from um, my early high school days. So I knew him from there. And uh, that's how JU came about. So. So you're at you're at Dayton. You're playing in the Atlantic Ten. Dayton's got a great program. You're a starter. You're play, you've played well uh, there as a starter. Um, what was it that made you think? You know, what, what drove you to want to uh, transfer to a different school? Um, I, and I understand you knew people at each place you ended up. Mm-hmm. But was there any? Did you feel like you would have a better opportunity? Did you? Did is there anything that did you get tired of being in the north? <laughs> And a cold weather, mm-hmm. anything that motivated you to say, I think a, a transfer is, is the way I want to go? Uh, yeah, I think um, overall, I just want to do something new. Um, I know Coach uh, Archie, Coach Miller, that's the one that recruited me. And um, going into Dayton, he left and went to Indiana. Right. So it was a kind of a new staff. But um, after about two years, I just felt like, I want to do something new. So. Right. But but a coaching change. And yeah. that's we've talked on this show many times, uh, Omar and Kevion, about the player's perspective on transferring. That mm-hmm. a lot of times it's in the player's best interest and something he really wants to do mm-hmm. is to transfer. A lot of times it's the, the relationship changes, a new coach. So you went through that at Dayton mm-hmm. um, and then at Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, Tell me about your decision. You're at Middle Tennessee State. Uh, I think that you, you struggled. Uh, the team struggled mm-hmm. the year you were there. Mm-hmm. What 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 made you think? You know, I think I'll be better off at a new school, and particularly Jacksonville University. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the time during uh, COVID, so it was different, a lot of difficult um, situations and stuff. But um, I know we were struggling a little bit, and uh, just had different issues. So overall, I really wanted to just win. So. I know we didn't do too well there, yeah. so. Well, that had to be uh, had to be a, a thrill last year to have a twenty one win season yeah. and to sort of get that sour taste out of the the losing season that you had at Middle Tennessee State. Right. Um, so tell me, Jordan, you're a a six three guard. You're very versatile. Everyone knows that. That's been to the games. You can play probably three different positions on the outside. What is what do you see? Not what the coaches see, but what is your role on this team? Um, really just bringing energy, uh, start really on the defensive end, try to, um, just bring energy on that end. And, um, I know we got a lot of guys on offensive end that can make plays, make shots. So really just impact on the defensive side. And I know offense take care of itself. So have you always been a strong defensive player? I mean, obviously you are now. Have you always, has that always been your style or in high school where you, no, you know, a slacker that uh, didn't play defense too much. Right, uh, high school, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't play defense really too much. So uh, going into day, and I knew if I wanted to be on the floor, I had to develop that, you know, um, in the court. So 
So that's that, that that was the motivation to become a defensive stopper. Right. Yes, sir. Um, and then let's talk about this because this is the the elephant in the room. Is you're a fairly quiet guy. Yes, sir. Uh, a, a soft spoken guy. So what what is your style of leadership? You're you're a six year guy. You've been in college basketball six years. You sat out one year. This is your fifth year of playing. Yes, so what what do you bring to the table as far as leadership? Um, I really just try to lead by example. Uh, everybody knows I'm not really that vocal, but um, just try to do stuff uh, the right way and um, really just lead by example. Hopefully, you know, guys will follow me in that area. So, so at, at uh, Middle Tennessee State, you had a nickname. Was, did you have a nickname at Middle Tennessee State? Did mm-hmm. you know about this? Yes, yes, sir. Silent Assassin. All right, yes, sir. Yeah. So that that's have y'all did y'all y'all know that caveat or has yeah, that ever I mean, come up? I didn't know it came from Middle Tennessee State. But well, we, I don't know if he, he may have had it at Dayton. I don't but, know. But we kind of gave him that on, on his own anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he is quiet, like everybody knows, JD is a problem. <laughs> he's a problem. He's a problem on the court, yeah, like guarding wise, like, like they can't. On guard the court, him. he's a problem for the other side. That's why I call him silent assassin because you don't yeah. know what he gonna hit you with. Like, yes, he's, yes. he's not gonna say anything, but you know, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> and we and we won't talk about it. so so that it's the quiet approach. It's been your style and your personality, I assume, throughout. You you weren't a you weren't a vocal loud guy uh, in high school either. No, really. Not okay, so. all right. <laughs> So let's talk about your future plans. Obviously, this is going to be your last year at JU. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you hope to do, uh, either basketball wise or outside of basketball, in the future after you uh, you graduate this year or mm-hmm. get your second degree this year? Is there, um, hopefully, I continue to play uh, pro, and um, after that, hopefully, maybe something in basketball, staying in that area, maybe coaching or something on the staff. So. Okay. Just try to stay in basketball. Do you think you can be a, a, a pretty quiet coach? You think you'd be one of those guys that's just people just know know to do the right thing without you get raising your voice. I mean, hopefully, uh, <laughs> when that point comes, I can uh, get a little bit more verbal and develop that. But um, hopefully, so. Yeah. Well, Jordan, it's been great having you for for two years at JU. Uh, you've been a very important part of this program, and we appreciate what you've done and continue to do and and even as quiet and soft-spoken as you are we know that's you and we love what you bring to the table so thank you for for appearing today on the uh, ko show thank you for having glad to and that'll conclude uh episode six of the ko show